Hello, this is Evangelist A.C. Gibson with He's Got the Whole World in His Hands Ministry. Welcome to Podcasting for Christ. On tonight's episode, as promised on my promo, hey, we're going to be diving into Martyrs for Christ. Martyrs for Christ. Before we get started, I do want to apologize for last week on uh, uh, my episode, Shake It Off. I guess I shook off the the, uh, second episode to that, and it didn't pull through like it should have, I apologize for that, but I did put out Shake It Off too, so you could get the second half of that. Uh, just working through some kinks still here in the studio, but uh, amen, glory be to God. I do apologize about that, but hey, tonight we're going to be coming from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 12, and I'm going to have a lot more scripture to go along with that, of course, as you always know. But hey, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear God, I love you, and I thank you, Father, dear God, for all you do. I thank you, Father, dear Lord, for your son, Jesus, who died upon that cross, who shed his blood for the remission of sins. I'm so glad tonight, Father, dear God, that you've saved my soul, that you've called me into the fold, that you've chosen me, Father, dear God, and that I'm and that I'm your child, and that one day I'll walk streets of gold, Father, dear Lord. I'm so glad for that, Father, dear Lord, and that's my prayer, my earnest prayer tonight. Father, dear God, that everyone, anyone listening, Father, dear God, if they're lost, if they don't know you as their personal Savior, let something I say tonight convict their heart, prick their heart, Father, dear God, and get them on their knees. And dear God, I just pray right now, if they're backslidden, if they've turned their back on you, if they put you on a shelf, Father, dear God, I pray right now, Father, dear God, that something I say would get them enthusiastically bound and and, and and coming back to you with, with great vigor, Father, dear Lord. And dear God, I just pray for all those that are out there, Father, dear Lord, that are in the center of your will, that, that may be suffering and struggling with, with uh, fears and doubts of, of all the things going on around us in the world today. Let us all find comfort in you tonight. And I just pray for encouragement for those that they'll just stay on the battlefield. And I just thank you for all you do, Lord. Now you be the, let the Holy Spirit be the preacher, the teacher, the podcaster, the evangelist tonight, Father, dear God, and let me make a difference. Dear God, help this podcast to go out all around the globe, Father, dear God, not to uplift me in any way, Father, dear God. I pray that everything is said and done will be glorifying and uplifting to you, Father, dear God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Glory, hallelujah. Martyrs for Christ. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Yea, and in all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's not a if, it's not a when, (laughs) it is going to happen. We are going to suffer persecution, some in extreme ways, some in some maybe some mild ways, but it's going to happen. uh, I hope and pray that each and every day that, that our lives are filled with a joy and happiness. And, but sometimes we're going to uh, suffer things. Things are going to happen. And uh, we're going to look at a lot of things tonight. And guess what? Right out of the get-go, right out of the, uh, right out of the box here, we're going to jump right into some more scripture because I want to read 1 Peter chapter 4, 14 through 16, just to give you an idea of some things uh, we that, that are, are talking about suffering and persecution and, and things that we're going to suffer about, right? And um, uh, 1 Peter 4, 
chapter 4, verses 14, 15, and 16 says, If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. Now we're supposed to be happy about this, right? For the spirit of the for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Now I wanted to read that because I want you to know many times in my life I've suffered, as verse 15 says, now, I'm not a murderer or, you know, I have stole things. I guess you can say I am a murderer if I have evil in my heart and I say I've hated somebody. You know, Jesus spoke of that one time about, uh, you know, that heart murder. And that's what we're, we're looking at, I guess I could say, or as an evildoer or a busybody in other men's matters. Now, I have suffered a lot because of sin in my lifetime. And I hope and pray that I don't have to suffer too much more on behalf of that. But you know, if I'm going to suffer, I want to suffer for the cause of Christ. I want to suffer for standing up, for doing the right thing and, and, and for, you know, not denouncing Christ and things. And I don't want to suffer because of sin. And that's why I wanted to bring that out. And that's, uh, Peter talks about that. Now we are going to suffer for the cause of Christ and some even unto death. Yes, many have died over the years. Now, what is a martyr? I think most everybody knows, but you know, the original Greek meaning is someone who brings a testimony, a witness for Christ. However, over time, many Christians' testimonies were rejected and the witness put to death. And the word martyr developed into its present sense. A person who voluntarily suffers death as the penalty of witnessing to and refusing to renounce Christ. We see that. So the original meaning of martyr was a testimony. And just because people stood up and gave their testimonies for Christ, they suffered. Let me tell you, I said a while back, uh, I talked about... Uh, people on the mission field and there's no greater witness than someone that's on uh, the mission field uh, they've given up everything to go out to another country sometimes they don't even speak the language they have to learn it and they give up everything uh, in, to go into another country and, and, and just and just mission on the mission field and they go out there to just you know share the gospel of Jesus Christ. But let me tell you there's also no no other greater witness to the truth of the gospel than this, a person willing to give up their life for the cause of Christ. Like I said, whether forsaking all to go on the mission field or refusing to deny Christ at the expense of death. Now, who would do such a thing unless it was truth, unless it was real, and God's Spirit was guiding them? Romans 5, 7 says, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. I may choose to die for my wife. I may choose to die for my children and others I deeply love. However, would I choose to die for a complete stranger? Would you? 
Am I, I mean, I'm not saying I would not because no one knows how the Holy Spirit will strengthen them in the time of need. However, most people would not even think about it. Hey, I love my job. However, if someone told me to quit my job or die, believe me, I'm quitting my job, right? Who would give up their life on purpose like that? Jesus said in John 15, 13, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus laid down his life for the whole world. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, that's you tonight if you're lost, believeth in him, should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus did this because he loves us. Amen. Jesus did this because it was the Father's will. It was God's will for Jesus to die on the cross. And Jesus did this because he wants all to be in heaven with him. Jesus doesn't want anyone to go to hell. He doesn't want anyone to suffer. He doesn't want anyone to, to be without him. He wants all to be believers and spend eternity in heaven with him. Now a soldier gives his life on the battlefield for the love of country and its citizens. Believing in his heart, he is doing so for the greater good. Amen. In this life, we have many heroes, people willing to go the extra mile, those willing to stand amidst adversity, to stand up against evil and do what is right. Amen. I'm thankful for these people. Thankful for those. You know, when the world hated Jesus, and the world will hate those that follow him. John 15, 18 through 27. Let me get there. I'm telling you what, we're going to read a little bit more. John 15, 18 through 27 says, If the world hates you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, I used to say that all the time, I'm not of this world. <laughs> Amen. I'm not. Amen. Here And here's the proof, right? A lot of people do think I'm kind of strange and from another world, right? Because ye, <laughs> Amen. Because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. But all things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. And if I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin, but now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. 
But this cometh to pass, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, <laughs> even the Spirit of truth, amen, glory, hallelujah, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. All those words were written and read, by the way, that was Jesus Christ speaking. Once we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we become citizens of heaven. I'm not of this world, amen? And let me tell you something, and back when I did my podcast about in Christ, I was letting you know we're in Christ, and, and He's in us, and we're also in Him. And where's He at? He's up in heaven, so we're already seated in heavenly places, right? So we're already citizens of heaven, and this world will hate us for that. Simply just hate us for that. No other reason but that alone. Nothing that this world has to offer, nothing, nothing, nothing is worth losing heaven over. Wouldn't you agree? Hmm. Mark 8, 36 and 37 uh, says, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Hey, I will answer that and say nothing is worth that. Hey, not all the riches in the world, not all the land in the world, not all the substance is worth losing salvation. Nothing is worth losing salvation. Nothing is worth losing heaven over and eternity with Christ. Amen. Glory, hallelujah. Nothing. What are you putting right now in place of the, this salvation? What are you taking for granted? What are you doing right now? What is it? You fill in the blank. What is it that you're putting before Christ? What's going to keep you out of heaven? What's keeping you from dropping to your knees right now and accepting Christ as your Savior? And if you are saved and maybe, like I said, you're backslidden, what is it that you have right now? What sin has got a hold of you in keeping you from serving God with your whole heart? Hey, knowing that heaven awaits and that we have truth on our side will help us to stand strong when needed. However, only in God's strength, with the help of God's Holy Spirit, can we face death and not cower. The stoning of Stephen is a perfect example of someone giving their life for the cause of Christ and his ability to face this and do it gracefully can only be explained by a deep-rooted faith, a great trust, and a heart 100% fully devoted to God, a great knowledge of God, and dependence upon God for strength and time of need. You know what? That's uh, Acts chapter 6 I think it is let's let's go there I'd like to read let's read that Acts chapter let's see Acts chapter 6 let's start in verse let's start in verse 8 here yeah it says uh, Stephen is charged with blasphemy here let, uh, let's see I we'll do 8 let's read we'll read on down to 15 all right and Stephen full of faith and power did great wonders and miracles among the people hmm, 
we'll get back to that. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and the uh, Cyrians and all Alexandrians and of them of Sicilia and of Asia disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom, amen, notice that, and the spirit by which he spake. Then they, stu- then they stubborn men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses, which said, This man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against the holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall charge the customs which Moses delivered us. Or excuse me, change the customs which Moses delivered us. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Stephen is charged with with blasphemy. In chapter 7 here, it goes on to to tell us about Stephen's council speech. Stephen gives a very uh, Paul-sounding speech, so to speak, uh, taking the council down through Joseph and Moses, and Stephen, the accused, accuses his accusers, which leads to his death. Now I'm going to read, let's go to chapter 7 and let's do 54 through 60. And this here is going to be uh, the actual stoning of Stephen. It says, When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Amen. We'll get back to that too here. And said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. (laughs) Amen. That's the great apostle Paul there. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice. Notice this. Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. He died. We are told in God's word that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. Today, we read that Jesus stood up for Stephen, just like he will stand for us when needed. Notice Stephen showed Christ-like mercy when he said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge as he died. Now, the key is to go back to where we started, Acts chapter 6, verse 8. Remember, I told you I'd get back to that too. And Stephen, full of faith, and power did great wonders and miracles among the people. You see, Stephen was full of faith and he was full of God's power and it was upon him. Stephen is one of the greatest martyrs for Christ. Stephen knew what the Apostle Paul knew. Philippians 1 2 1 says, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. 
Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Stephen knew that Christ is our life. Colossians 3, 4 says, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Amen. Hey, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome back. We left off here. I was reading Colossians 3 for us. It says, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, I want to read something that Charles Spurgeon said at, uh, here. And uh, it has to do with Christ, who is our life and everything. But it's got some good stuff in here. Just bear with me here. I want to read this because I, I was reading this and I thought, I said, man, this, this is good. And it says, Paul marvelously rich, ex Paul's marvelously rich expression indicates that Christ is the source of our life. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, that same voice which brought Lazarus out of the tomb raised us to newness of life. He is now the substance of our spiritual life. It is by his life that we live. He is in us, the hope of glory, the spring of our actions, the central thoughts which move every other thought. Christ is the substance of our life. What can the Christian feed upon but Jesus' flesh and blood? This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. O wayward, wayworn pilgrim, in, the wilderness of, in, the, in this wilderness of sin, you never get a morsel to satisfy the hunger of your spirits, except you find it in him. Christ is the solace of our life. All our true joys come from Him, and in times of trouble, His presence is our consolation. There is nothing worth living for but Him, and His loving kindness is better than life. Christ is the object of our life. As speeds the ship towards the port, so hastes the believer towards the haven of his Savior's bosom. As flies the arrows to its goal, so flies the Christian towards the perfecting of his fellowship with Christ Jesus. As the soldier fights for his captain and is crowned in his captain's victory, so the believer contends for Christ and gets his triumph out of the triumphs of his master. For him to live is Christ. Christ is the exemplar of our life where there is the same life within there will there must be to a great extent the same developments without and if we live in near fellowship with the Lord Jesus we shall grow like him we shall set him before us as our di divine copy and we shall seek to tread in his footsteps until he shall become the crown of our life and glory. Oh, how safe, how honored, how happy is the Christian since Christ is our life. Amen.
If Christ is our life, then our life belongs to Him, and we must surrender to Him completely. It will take full surrender, full trust, and great faith to stand for Christ when threatened, persecuted, and even mocked. We must be filled daily with the Spirit of God. You know, Cain was cursed from the earth for killing his brother Abel, making Abel the very first martyr in the Bible. Hmm. Amen. The very first martyr. Genesis 4, uh, 8-10 says, And Cain uh, talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And Jesus spoke of the blood shed in the earth and mentioned Abel and Zechariah in Matthew 23, 35. And it says, That upon you uh, may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of uh, Bacharias, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. Now both were killed for doing things God's way, for worshiping God His way, and not trying to come up with, the, with another way. Do it their own way. So here we have, I'm, I'm going to as I'm going to go ahead and, and give you a, 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 some martyrs now and uh, that we looked at. And, and, and of course, I started out here with, uh, with Cain. And now we're going to move on. And, and I see that, you know, Zacharias was even included in this. And uh, that's the court of uh, uh, Abel, uh, uh, Cain's clue, Abel. So you got the A to Z. <laughs> Uh, Abel and Zechariah of the Old Testament, they were both killed for doing things God's way. Now, when we look, and there was the, the very first prophet that we had in the in the New Testament. Oh, you didn't know that. You didn't know you had a prophet in the New Testament. You thought that was Old Testament stuff. Well, no, with John the Baptist was the first New Testament martyr. He was killed by Herod at Herod's drunken birthday gathering. He offered his new stepdaughter anything she wanted if she would dance for him. The new wife told his her daughter to ask for the head on ask for his head on a platter. That's Matthew 14, 1 through 12. You know what? Let me get the Bible back out. Hey, y'all like it when I get the Bible right. Let's look at Matthew. Matthew chapter 14. Here we are. Sorry about that. Didn't have this one prepared. Uh, let's look at the death. It's called the death of John the Baptist here on my title, on my caption title here. And it says right now, at the time here at the te uh, the tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. For Herod had laid hold on him, and bound him, and put him in prison for Herod's, Herod's sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude, because they counted him as a prophet. Amen. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias, 
Herodas danced before them and pleased Herod, whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she being uh, before instructed of her mother, that's what I was talking about, said, Give me here John the Baptist's head in a charger. Okay, and that's a little, little basket thing, or like I said, just serving it up on a platter, so to speak. And the king was sorry. He didn't really want to do this, but nevertheless, for the oath's sake, and them which sat with him at meat, he commanded it to be given her. And he sent and beheaded John the. Uh, and he sent and beheaded John in the prison. And his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. So see, we have John the Baptist as a martyr for Christ. Uh, I've already mentioned the stoning of Stephen in Acts uh, chapter 6, verses 7. Uh, and King Herod, King Herod Agrippa, uh, he went. He killed James in Acts 12, 1 and 2, and would have killed Peter if not for the angel of God rescuing him. Acts 12, 1 and 2 says, Now about the time of Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. Verse 3 goes on to tell us, And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. But we know that that simply didn't happen because of, uh, Peter was rescued by, by an angel. And we also find in Revelations chapter 2, 12, and 13 that Antipas was a martyr. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath a sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days where Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. Now history and tradition tells us he was buried Excuse me, he was burned in a brass uh, or copper bull-shaped chamber and was roasted to death in 92 AD. Now, I've talked about that before, uh, about the uh, the people that, you know, I told you the bull looked like it would move back and forth because the people were inside burning and it was suffering and that was done for entertainment purposes, right? Now, we also know the Bible teaches us that uh, one day there will be two great witnesses during the tribulation period that will give their lives. They will preach God's truth for 1,260 days. Then they will be killed by the beast. Revelations 11, 7, 8. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Revelation also tells us of the host of martyrs that will be in heaven in the opening of the fifth seal. Revelations chapter 6, 9 through 11, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. 
And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. So there's coming a great day when God, you know, this seal's going to be open. And finally they can get restitution and finally they can get acknowledged here, you know, for the things. And there's going to be many. There's an unknown number of people that will be in heaven who gave up their lives for the cause of Christ and became martyrs for Christ. Now, I'm going to give you a, a list of some in the Bible and maybe maybe a couple more in the Bible. But I'm going to give you some other martyrs that you won't find in the Bible. And we'll go on now and just kind of get a list of these, hopefully, and I'll get them all in before time runs out here. But Rome, let me just say, Rome was notorious for persecuting the church in its early stages. The Roman emperor, uh, Valerian, in, excuse me, in 258 AD, he grilled St. Lawrence to death. Did you hear that? Yes, I didn't, I didn't misspeak there. One of the, he was one of the seven deacons who helped with the poor. Yes, he was placed on top of a fire, a gridiron, like a stake, and was grilled to death. I noticed that he kind of kept his spirits about him and his sense of humor, I guess you could say, up until the death, because he is quoted as saying, At last I am finished. You may now take from me and eat. He realized that he was being cooked like a piece of meat. I think that was as he had someone had said, you know, he said something about turn him over, you know, flip him over like you would do a piece of hamburger or steak on a grill. And then he says, at last I am finished. You may now take from me and eat. He is among the most highly venerated saints of the ancient Roman church. Saint Margaret Clithrow. She was born in Middleton, England in 1555. She grew up and she grew up and married a, a butcher named John Clithrow and had two kids. And you know, she later she joined the, the Catholic Church a few years later, and her husband was not only a butcher, but he was responsible for reporting worshipers to the authorities. Oh my goodness. She was imprisoned twice at York Castle, and she would harbor uh, priest secretly, but she was found out and arrested. The punishment at the time for harboring priest was death. You know, in her trial, she stated, I know of no offense whereof I should confess myself guilty. Having no offense, I need no trial. And due to her refusal, she was automatically sentenced to death. March the 25th, 1586, they stretched her out with a sharp rock on her back and she was crushed by a door by placing heavy objects on the door. She died within 15 minutes or all her bones were crushed and she was given the nickname, the Pearl of York. Now, what, what I mean by that is they placed a sharp rock on the ground, then they laid her on top of the short, uh, sharp rock and they placed a, a big wooden door on top of her and started placing weights, things that were real heavy, until it just simply crushed her to death. Oh, my. St. Sebastian. 
He came from France, educated in Milan, Italy, and joined the Roman army in 283 AD. Notice this, he joined to help other Christians who were being persecuted by the Romans. Diocletian accused Sebastian, and he was taken to a field bound by a stake and arrows. And these arrows were simply shot at him. And you know, th there's a many there's pictures of him, uh, and, and a lot of people believe that that's how he died. But he was left for dead. However, a woman named Irene found him and nursed him back to health. And he later had another encounter. Uh, without Cleeton, and this time he was beaten to death and cast into a sewer. Hmm. That's St. Sebastian. Uh, let's see. How about St. Andrew? He was crucified to death. He's the older brother of St. Peter. Hey, St. Bartholomew, another disciple, he was death by skinning. Yes, they skinned him to death like he was a fish. Skinned him alive. His death is described by many as the most gruesome in history. Hmm. How about it? We all remember Joan of Arc. She was burned at the stake and she was only 19 years old. And she asked a priest to hold high a crucifix for her to see as she was being burned. And she shouted out prayers until she died. Amen. John Wycliffe, he was burned alongside his writings. You remember, John, does Wycliffe sound familiar? Yeah, Wycliffe believed everyone should have a Bible in their own language, and he was known as the morning star of Reformation. He was, you know, the Wycliffe Bible, right? Another Bible person would be William Tyndale. He is known as the father of the English Bible, who translated 90% of the King James Bible he was publicly choked to death. And I'm going to I'm going to give you one that happened recently. Rachel Joy Scott, April the 20th, 1999. She is an American student who refused to denounce Christ and was shot and killed at the Columbine High School massacre. I'd like to honor all the martyrs for Christ, all the people that gave their lives. And there's, you know, I could talk about them today, but as I've said here in Scripture, we read tonight, they'll all be honored one day, one day by the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and what a great honor they will have. Amen. But I would just like to take a moment and just remember all these people and there's many, many, many more. You may know some that I don't know, and obviously. And, and I've gave you, given you some in the Bible and some of the people in the early church. But many, many people have stood up, stood out, and have given their lives for the cause of Christ. God bless them all. I would like to honor them all. And one day they will all be honored by Christ. Thank you all who give to the Lord. I would like to end with one more scripture. Matthew 5, 11 and 12 says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you, persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. 
Notice what it says here in the next verse. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. I, I know there's, like I said, there's many, many other martyrs, many other people that have given their lives for Christ. And I just encourage you now, you know, the only way that you're going to be able to stand up uh, in martyrdom is, 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 is to have, to be full of the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. And like I said, you, I know that there's things that we say, well, I can never do that. Don't underestimate what God can do through you and with you when you just simply take that first step and stand up for Him. Amen. God bless you. If you're lost tonight, it's my prayer you get saved. Please, please accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior because there's coming a day where it'll be too late. There won't be no more chances. You take your last breath here, that's it. It's over. And we're not promised tomorrow. Amen. Hey, uh, let's uh, dismiss and close with some prayer here. Lord, I thank you for all these people that were strong enough to, to give up their lives for the cause of Christ. Uh, people who stood strong, who didn't cower at all, Father, dear God. And, and it's amazing as I've read some of these stories and the things that, that went on, Father, dear God, and how these people just didn't finch. You know, they they, they just stood strong. And, and, you know, it just only shows what we can do uh, in your strength, not our own. And dear God, I, I pray and I honor them all tonight, Father, dear God. And I and I know, dear God, that one day you'll honor them all as well. And Father, I do pray for that lost person tonight, that they would accept Christ. I do pray right now that people listening would get serious and get get uh, on fire for you, Father, dear God. I do pray that they would sh start sharing this podcast with others so we can get the gospel truth around the globe, Father, dear God. And help me, Father, dear Lord, to be in the center of your will and to do uh, what you would have me to do. I pray for those, like I said, like I always do, Father. I pray for encouragement for those on the front line. And I and I just simply pray for all those that and maybe they haven't been in church in a while. You know, maybe they've let all this COVID stuff get to them and they're scared. They're living in fear and they don't want to go to church thinking they'll get sick and die. Dear God, give them strength to make all the right decisions and right choices and get them back. Dear God, we know that the Bible teaches us, Father, dear God, that that, uh, that that we might, that we need to go to church. That we not forsake the assembly, Father, dear God. It's, especially as we see the day approaching, and that day approaching is Your second coming, Father, dear Lord. Help us, Father, because we do see that today. We see that uh, prophecy being fulfilled, and we see that that things are not getting any better in this world, Father, dear God. So help us all. Those that are sick, those that are suffering, and disease and cancers and, and even COVID, Father, dear God. In Jesus' name, I pray, help them all. Thanking you, Jesus, for the blood of uh, that was shed on Calvary's cross. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, praise the Lord. Uh, I, hope to, I hope and pray that you'll share this podcast with others. Please help me uh, to, to get this uh, podcast around the globe. And I thank you for all that you do. Hey, go to my YouTube account. Please subscribe and help me out there too as well. Uh, you know, I just want to, 
I just want to be found doing God's will. I just ask that you would pray for this ministry. Hey, you've been listening to Podcasting for Christ. Hey, this is Evangelist Stacy Gibson with He's Got the Whole World in His Hands Ministry. God bless you. See you next time.